BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Aloha. Welcome. We are back from theballerlifestyle.com. It's the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. My name is Brian Beckner. Thank you very much for joining the show. Episode number 453, a movie review, a Christmas movie like we do pretty much every year. Happy that you're joining us for this very special episode. We appreciate you, all of you. If you would like, if you have thoughts on the movie we discussed today, 1987's Christmas classic, Lethal Weapon, you can call in and let us know. 949-464-8257. TBLS is the number to call. You can additional, additionally, you can leave us a voicemail. Mailbag at theballerlifestyle.com is the email address. Moreover, if you are inclined to support the show financially, click the link in the show notes and subscribe to our Red Circle bonus content. That is where you get the extra stuff that we do each and every week. I was talking to a guy, a friend of mine this week, and he's like, am I getting, I subscribed, am I getting the Red Circle? And I go... At the end of the show, do you hear me say there's a lot more that you're not going to hear? And he's like, no. And I'm like, then you're getting the whole thing because we stop at some point. We go, hey, we've given you enough for free. But if you love us that much more, keep listening. There's a whole bunch that we still got to talk about. We do that each and every week. Also, I do a solo show, Bonus Bry, only available to the people that support us via Red Circle. And I occasionally post, if I don't overshare, I occasionally repost our stereo Baller Lifestyle podcast after show that I do each and every Friday night with my dear friend Dolomite D on the stereo app. So please subscribe if you are so inclined. I am joined, as always, by Mr. Ed Daly. Ed, how are you? Doing well. I hadn't seen this movie in a while. And uh, it it was uh, it was good to revisit. Yeah, it's yeah. Look, it's a good movie. It's it's childhood nostalgia. It's yeah, there's there's certainly nostalgia in. But I just didn't know. how. But 
let's let's bring on our other guests yes. because yeah, we, we there's uh, there's discussion to be had. Absolutely. We are also joined now. I I posted today's our dear friend LSU Lala reached out to me on Twitter and said, "Hey, are you guys done for the year?" And I said, "No." We have dropping tomorrow the Christmas episode, Lethal Weapon. And then everybody said, why am I, how come I'm not on it? I want to be on it. So we love, we love all of you. Yes. And we love lots of our yes. guests. Um, but this is the guy. He's this been is, on this, probably, favorite. but also every Christmas episode, right? That's right. I think so. No, this is well, the guy. Hold on, we did Die Hard, and that was... Did we, we do that do for that Christmas? No, we did that with Mark the Nomad. We definitely did that as a Christmas Yeah, yeah. But, movie. But Jay Stu, who loves the Band-Aid Christmas song, Do They Know Christmas? Charlie Brown. We did all oh, kinds of Christmas stuff of with stuff. Jay Stu. Look, he's our go-to guy. Everybody loves he's him. Guy. He's a big star. He's guy. Yeah. We, you know, we're, we're lucky to have him. Of course, I'm talking about the great Jason Stewart. Jason, how are you, my friend? Hello, everybody. Yeah. Hey, there it is. There it is. Hello, now. You forgot Hello. to. Uh, Jason, on our Bachelor show a couple of weeks ago, you forgot to do your signature sign on. I was, I had to stop you and restart. Yeah, that's, that's that, we can't have that. Yeah. Now, uh, hey, a year ago, um, we did a Christmas movie. It's called uh, Trading Places, subtitled A Very Racist Christmas. Yeah. Oh, was great that, movie. Did we do that for, I mean, that is a Christmas movie. Did we do it for Christmas? Yeah, yeah we, sometimes we go very Christmas like Charlie Brown yeah. or Band-Aid. And sometimes we do Christmas time kind of moves. So, uh, so Lethal Weapon written by Shane Black. Yeah. I read a whole interview. This like, a, there was a little small oh, yeah. section of my book. Shane Black, he talks about how Christmas kind of gives a, a gravity to to everything because people want to be with their families and blah, yep. blah, blah. And so all of his movies, and I, I looked at it, I'm opening up my book, by the way, but Lethal Weapon, Last Action Hero, Last Boy Scout, Long Kiss Goodnight, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, even Iron Man 3, The Nice Guys, they all feature Christmas. It's all like at Christmas time. So he wrote this. I think this was the movie that made him as a screenwriter. It definitely did. And... Joel Silver produced this and he decided the next year, well, then Die Hard needs to be a Christmas. We got to make this a Christmas action movie. So this is the reason why Die Hard's a Christmas movie. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It's, yeah. In it's interesting that the screenwriter's name is Shane Black when cocaine is white. <laughs> he, he, Shane Black, I believe, also wrote Predator, which he's in. He is? Yeah. So, yeah, he's... uh. He's he's one of those Hollywood guys, but this was this I believe he wrote this upon his um, graduation from UCLA Film School. I want before we before we jump into the show, I wanted I want to um, just do some housekeeping here. Jason, are you there? Yeah, I'm. I'm looking it up. He didn't write Predator, but it looks like he acted. It. He's in it. He's definitely in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's notorious. He's a, he's a well known guy. But uh, before we. Before we jump into the 
regular show, I would just want to do some housekeeping because we won't be on for a couple of weeks. And when we do come back, it's going to be a year in review episode, which we do at yeah. the beginning slash end of every year. So a I, mountain of rests in peace. That's that's right. Yeah, there's going to be a lot. Uh, uh, so I want to just jump in and take care of all the uh, voicemails before we move on to the actual movie. Jason, you, right. you can participate with us. Here we go. Awesome. He's so easy to hate. Your time he likes to waste. His calls are far from great. His calls are far from great. He's such a stupid fuck. He seems down on his luck. His voicemails really suck. His voicemails really suck. No one's enjoying him. He's so annoying. Plus so fucking boring and worthless, but he's got nothing else to do. And he's even worse than ish, 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 ish. His thoughts are useless shit, 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 shit. He's fat and got big tit, 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 tits. Hey, he's been well in Armenia. Oh, he's been Couple quick voicemails. Hey, guys. Um, this Lala. LSU Lala and his beautiful southern accent. This isn't a scoop it up. This is, I guess, a variation of scoop it up. I'm glad it's not a scoop it up because I don't have that song handy to me. And also, we're not going to play it in the first 10 minutes, of course. We'll get get canceled. That goes behind the scenes. But if Dola were to walk into a room and on one side you have Guy Fieri and on the other side you'd have Danger Russ Wilson, how long would Dola have an erection for? Wow. Wow. Um, Dola being attacked early. It's funny how how absolutely terrible Russell Wilson is. It's great. Because remember, there were so many apologies, and every team that was sort of in need of a quarterback wanted him. Sure. Tommy's offered a ton. I, I know yep. the, even the Eagles wanted him. He was coming off. Like, fuck it. We'll settle with Hertz. Who's way he's, better. Yeah. He's him. the MVP of the league. If the, he, he, he had a down year last year, but everybody's kind of like, people made excuses. They're like, Oh, yeah, well, he's got a broken hand, finger. He's yeah. really still great. Yep, yep. He's not. He's bad. What people don't point out. And Jason, you work at sports. So you might be able to reflect on this. What people no. don't point out is that despite his one Super Bowl. His teammates have always hated his guts. Yes. Yes. He's a f- and I think that um, yes. let's ride. You're right. When you have uh when when you have talent, you know, we all played sports. So a lot of times um all the other stuff is forgiven when you right. you're the best player on the team and you have a ton of talent, but um this year he sucks. He looks like he's not gonna be the same ever again. It's great. So you're not going to put up with all that other shit, which generally speaking, I think the consensus is he's just a huge phony. No one knows. Yes. No one knows what's underneath that robotic. Yeah. He's kind of like the Tom Cruise of the NFL. Good point. He's except right. Tom, like, except Tom Cruise is talented. Yeah. Tom Cruise yeah. delivers every over time and over every again. time. But, but if he sucked, he wouldn't get work. Whereas like, um, Bill Paxson was talented, but he worked all the time because everybody loved him. Yep. He, um, do you guys want to hear? So Jason's right, of course. I, so two things. 
One, somebody sent me a TikTok today that there's people are keeping track of will Russell Wilson throw more touchdowns this season than he has bathrooms in his home. <laughs> and I saw, that, yeah, I yeah. saw it, just to put it about my team, uh, Carson Wentz, I think, still has more touchdown passes than Russell Wilson. And he was one and four with the commies yep. as a starter yep. and hasn't played since. Yep. And he still has more yep. touchdown passes. So in his, in his home, Russell Wilson, who lives in a castle, obviously, because he's very wealthy. Yeah. In his home, he has 12 bathrooms. So do, does Ciara have like IBS or something? Like why? That's why a lot of bathrooms. That's a lot of bathrooms. To, to date, as of this recording... He has thrown 11 touchdown passes this season. Jeez. 11 touchdown passes this season. So he's got, look, I'm, I'm going to look here. Here's, here's his numbers. So this, he's got a soft number, probably so they could get him under the cap this year. 17 million. 2023, that goes up to 22 million. 2024, 35.4 million. The NFL, you can cut, but I think he's got a ton of guaranteed. I think this is all guaranteed. There's no, there's no cut in him. I think they're stuck for at least four years. 2020. I think Jason's right. 2025, his age 37 season. Guys get much better when they're 37, right? He's going to make $55.4 million. Oh, man. That year. I think I think that's what is so uh, disgusting about yeah. that trade. Yeah. You can find you, you can go on Twitter and cold and find like cold takes from April that are like uh, Broncos got the best of this deal and yeah. Broncos grade for the trade is an A. Yeah. They the Broncos not only gave them all that money, but they gave away the next I think next year's first round it's pick, great. a bunch of other picks, and then actual current players' assets. It's great. I, I, I honestly think there were about six teams that were willing to give similar. Um, yeah. Like there, oh, there yeah no. a bunch of teams that wanted People him. People wanted and, him. The Bears. Yeah. Yeah. Bears, Eagles, yep. Commies. There were, yep. there were a whole bunch of teams in on him. He Now, apparently they can cut him after 2026 but they got to take a $31.2 million cap hit. It's 2022. I know. This is crazy. Or maybe before 2026. But if they hold on to him in 2026, he's going to make $58.4 million. This, this is like the Jimbo Fisher contract. No, it's great. I know. Oh, there's so much money. 2027, $53.4 million. And in 2028, the final year of his contract, $54.4 million. So things they, are going well. They made him. He and his agent um, compelled the Broncos to to give him that extension because they didn't have to. Yeah, you know when they traded for him, I think that was kind of a part of the thing. Is we'll take care of you. Um, it was very smart on their part to get that money. Obviously, before for they turned sure. it down, because I I think Russell knew that the uh, downhill had started, but but. At least get one that team bag. didn't know that yet. I think Pete Carroll knew that. I don't. Uh, so Pete Carroll definitely knew. knew. Yeah, Pete Carroll definitely knew because he's at the end of his coaching career, and most coaches would say, "You know what? I'm just going to stick with the veteran. I'm not going to like yep. hope hope for Geno Smith to to revitalize right. his, his career." Right. 
No, Usually great. old coaches are very selfish and don't care about the future of the team because they just want to keep winning. And he was ready to punt Russell Wilson. He so knew. he knew yeah. he saw the writing on the wall. Uh, so the answer is LSU that um, Dola would have more of an erection for Guy Fieri. Oh, I, he definitely is into him. Oh, he loves for him. Sure. He loves him. Here's another one. Hey, Brian, Ed, hey, ballers, Mateo calling in. Great dude. Hey, I just wanted to uh, really call in and sing the praises of Mr. Ed Daly. Wow. I'm a huge fan of It's a Wonderful Life. J- Jason Stewart, last week, I've never seen the film It's a Wonderful Life. You're a massive, massive, massive movie buff. Last week, Ed s- told me the details of It's a Wonderful Life and let me react to to the madness that is that movie. It's a Wonderful Life. Jason, are you a fan of that Christmas movie? A couple things. Um, okay. I listened to the Bullshit. Uh, what, first half of his summary. Oh. And then I was also thinking, it's not a fan of the te- recap. Ed telling something to Brian that he hasn't seen, that sounds very familiar. Like, it sounds like our weekly Bachelor That's podcast. That's not true. That's- where, where I tell, I tell Brian... <laughs> I tell Brian what he hasn't seen already. <laughs> so it was it was too real for you. You yeah. you had a Harlan Coben like, book well, to dig into, and you're so you're like, actually, I've heard enough. Now, uh, but no, I I'm not a fan, and I I may have seen it once in total, and but then it's on so much, and then there's so many like pop culture references to it. Yeah, but no, I I, I have zero interest in watching Same. it. And Ed's summary, from what I heard maybe even least yeah, I, th- I think I got what I needed and it, that does I do recall I love the movie but it, it's I knew it would be insane to describe no yes yeah. it is absolutely it was insane um, I, I do recall we also discussed here on this show the Christmas classic love actually with our dear friend Jason Stewart oh, yeah. who watches it every year oh, yeah. yeah yeah okay let's continue I, I just yeah. got into a, I just got into a fight on Saturday night not a fight, but Physical. a, a um, you know, we uh, we argued with uh, my guy Steve Covino of Covino and Rich on Fox Sports Radio. No, uh, Brian met him at my party. I don't believe I did. Um, he thinks plugs? that it's a despicable Christmas movie. That the whole porn scene um, obviously it is, takes it out of the family genre. It's weird yeah. that they're doing uh, lighting tests for a porn. I. I feel like porn is not the most well lit movie. Like, what, right. I don't even remember why, that why part. Are, oh, it's stand-ins. Yes, stand-ins for porn. I feel like porn. They don't. They don't do lots of prep. They just. There's the cash. Yeah, right there's no it. stand-ins for porno. It's just. Right. It's just come to Chatsworth. Come to a. Uh, come, come to some erotica. A, a yeah, some erotica. Come to thing, a, a. Come to a warehouse yeah, nice. and lie down on this yeah. futon. Yeah, yeah, we're going to put this futon yeah. down in Van Nuys. Yes, exactly. But my my point is, is that that scene and all the nudity and stuff, that adds to the edginess of the movie. It, it's an adult Christmas movie. Don't watch it with the family, but you'll love it as a grown adult. It's a, Speaking an amazing movie. adult Christmas movies, I took my, uh, I went with my sons to that Violent Night. Avatar? Violent no. Night, which it's just Santa. It's like cartoon violence, like Kill Bill kind of violence. Santa's just mashing dudes left and right. He Santa is um, delivering presents and 
there's a home invasion. And so he's going against all these bad guys and he just, it's like very violent. It's a it, David Harbor is Santa Claus oh. and John Leguizamo leads. Ooh, like, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out on anything. John Leguizamo. I'm out. You know what I was watching? Uh, I was watching with my lady friend last night. Bad Santa. Great movie. Just never gets old. It's so good. Yesterday. Yeah, same. So me too. It's so good. And just like the little jokes everywhere and every yeah. Bernie fucking Mac. Oh, yeah. John Ritter. I mean, the Thurman he's Merman. Not gonna say, he's not going to say fucks yes, around yes. his children. Is he? <laughs> so good. Such a good movie. So good. Okay, let's jump back in with Mateo here. I watch it every year. Some years, twice a year. Okay, that's, come on. Ed's synopsis of that movie was fantastic. It was dead on. I watch that movie each year, and each year I cry at the end. Okay. I got choked up just listening to Ed describe the movie. He did such a good job. Brian, I know you're a little skeptical, but I'm begging you, watch it. Okay. It is fantastic. Jimmy Stewart does a great job. You know, it's 1947 when they made it, so it's going to seem a little dated. Look, Look, you're begging me? It's greasy old pocket on Red Circle. See, <laughs> see a donation come through there and some make, probably make the only description of that movie where I talked about a woman saying blow my back out, Jimmy yeah, Stewart. That's, yeah, that's yes, that's very good. Nineteen forty seven, Donna Reed. Old, but you gotta realize, I mean, it's almost eighty years ago. But it was a fantastic story. Great movie. I love it. And Violet Bick, she was a piece. I tell you what. That's the one. Hot. That's the one. Yeah. So anyway, another another great job, guys. Keep it up. Brian, watch the movie. Okay. Take care. Love you, Mateo. Great dude. Love you. Okay, one more, then we'll one jump thing, in the movie. Oh, yes, Jason. One jump. thing yeah. I'm unclear about, Mateo, maybe he can call back or tweet at us or something. I'm sure he follows me on Twitter. Um, I don't know. Does does he watch it every year, or are there some years when he, he goes and he doesn't? Every year. Does he, does, oh, every he, year? does he tear up when he watches it? It seems like he watches it every year yeah. and many times every year. Yeah, he does. He absolutely yeah. does. That's Yeah, it's that, was, that was vague. Uh, okay, here's one more. What's up, fam? Oh, Tally Tupac. here. So the other day, I had one of the cool things happen to me in a long time. Loved it. Fucking love the guy for it. Walk into my... A L- little concerned that Telly Tupac... The, the is- long... Yeah, the long delays tell me he's been at the basement bar. He's been at the basement bar, and he's he's dipping into Manuel Ingardini's story, where there's there's a great documentary directed by the late Peter Bogdanovich about the late Tom Petty. It's called "One and Running Down a Dream." It's about four hours long. I would recommend anybody watch it. But one of the, the quote that rhymes one of the one of the great quotes. Because Tom Petty, he knew how to write a fucking hit song. If if there's one thing that guy knew how to do, he it's knew, he, like his greatest hits album. You know how like greatest yes, hits albums yes. have like four great hits, yes. and then it's like well, that's not really a hit. He left stuff off, and he had like an eighteen song greatest yeah, hits album. His regular albums, throw on damn the torpedoes. You know every single song. He he had he had a famous philosophy. He said, "Don't bore us. Get to the chorus." And that's that's that is something I would recommend to all of the callers. Let's see if Telly is able to because right now Telly's he's playing Stairway to Heaven. Like he's really he's 
We're, we're waiting for it to happen. Here we go. There's a lady in my basement bar and the bartender, she's giving me shit out of the gate. That's what they do. That's how they make their money. And I'm giving her shit back. And she's like, well, I guess you're not getting your fucking Christmas present. And I'm like, all right, well, I don't give a shit. Oh. She's like, no, she's like, Santa came in. I don't, I mean, I feel this is like the beginning of a porno right here. I feel like we're, yeah, we're auditioning for a porno, much like Love Actually here. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. brought you Christmas present. It's hanging here at the bar. I'm like, all right, let me get it. And then, so I take it. She's like, no, you got to open it. So I got, I open it. Luke from Fort Collins. Shut up. My guy. The uh, the best patron at the number one cigar shop in Fort Collins, Colorado. Shut up. Left. I I know it was him. He signed it, Santa, but it was him because he's like, "Hey, fam, I know you're not drinking ever again." It, it, it was directed towards me. I know it was him. Luke, you're a fucking great dude. Love you for being. He left me a gift certificate there. Fucking love the guy forever. So Luke and I, I haven't brought it up on Twitter yet. I was waiting for uh, Baller Lifestyle Podcast to come out. I'm going to take care of Luke. I'm going to go out and get fucked up. But Luke, <laughs> appreciate it. Random, random fucking thing. It, and then imagine me trying to explain it to everybody like, oh, who left you, who left you this card? This is unbelievable. I was like, oh, this uh, one of my boys from Fort Collins, like, it, it's fine. Good guy. But, Luke, love you. We're going to go have beers together, and then uh, we'll tweet out some pictures of fucking Shopsy Eggers right. Claus. I mean, a better excla- explanation of the situation, Telly, would be to be like, I listen to... Just want to shout out Luke and Fort Collins. What a great dude. He did this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, well, no. A better explanation would be because I that, I was moved by that story a better explanation would to the to the people at the basement bar would be like hey I'm I'm a fan of this podcast the baller lifestyle and podcast you, sh- you guys should, you all, should listen. all listen yeah and someone else that happens to live in the same northeastern corner of the state of Colorado that I do knows I come to this bar and he also listens to the same show. We've, we've come together as part of this beautiful community of people, of like-minded people that share in, in the same entertainment. And he came to this because he knows I hang out here. He came to this bar and left me a gift. I don't think these two have met in real life, have they? That's Telly left that part out. Yeah, I, th- I thought. Yeah, I, I, I think he did. A shout out on oh, they, Instagram. Or oh, something. they did. They did communicate previously. I saw some sort of Instagram, and oh. I was thinking, oh, I never thought that these these two uh, people collided. Beautiful. This is beautiful. Love I, it. I love that story, Telly. You were a little slow to get to it, but it was a slow burn. It was a build, and I like that. Yeah. You you know what you did? You know what you did right right there, Telly? And you wouldn't know about this because I. Feel like you're the kind of guy that ejaculates in 28 seconds. You edged me. <laughs> you edged me right there. Oh. 
We know about edging. Oh yeah, yes, yes. My my, my buddy in Amsterdam, we, we, across, the, across the alley. We were introduced to edging when Ed was trying to smoke a J, and the, the guy across the across the, the to, at the other flat was jerking was off. Work, yeah, he was working his bird for like two and a half hours. Unbelievable, too long. So, yeah, Telly, long. thank you for edging me, Luke, and Fort Collins. You're a great dude too. Love that you guys could connect. We're gonna talk lethal weapon. Let's start by playing the trailer. You guys ready? Jason Stewart, you continue to live, yes or no? Of course, let's do that. Okay, let's do it. I I, I can already picture, without hearing the trailer, I can already picture the guy's voice. It's fucking so good. It's an old school trailer. Check it out. I, I know this guy. He's a criminal's worst nightmare. A cop mm-hmm. who enjoys the danger. No guns, no jujitsu, just bring him down. Do you really want to jump? Well, then that's fine with me. Come on. Wait, I what do you mean? Wait a minute. What the fuck? He was ready to retire. Now, he's going to wish he had. Gun! Oh, oh, oh. Raj, meet your new partner. New partner. <laughs> <laughs> Too old for this. If these guys can just stand each other. What you got in there? Boy and Smith? A lot of old timers carry those. The bad guys don't stand a chance. Don't kill anybody. Don't kill anybody. I'm too old for this. Are you as good as you say you are? Nobody can touch me. Suppose we better register you as a lethal weapon. You ever met anybody you didn't kill? Well, I haven't killed you yet. Nineteen eighty-seven, Christmas classic, Lethal Weapon, directed by. Richard Donner, legend. Dick Donner. Dick Donner. I think he, he recently passed. In the last, yeah, yeah. He great. He might be on our RIPs at the. On the he's like oh, Superman, yeah. Goonies, yep. Yep. Scrooged. He he's uh, he's done a lot of movies. Scrooged, another movie I need to watch in the next few days. Yeah. Uh, Lethal Weapon, 1987, American buddy cop action comedy film, directed and co-produced by Richard Donner, written by. Uh, the aforementioned Shane Black, co-produced by Joel Silver. Joel Silver, he's the one that's got um, he he put up, he claims to have put up Wilt Chamberlain like numbers, except with dudes. It's wow, m- it's my understanding. Yeah. Actually, I, actually, I'd believe it. Oh yeah, because because I think I told you there was a time I was hanging out uh, with with some of Michelle's work colleagues. This was. 20 years ago and I saw how the game is operated. Oh yeah. And there was a dude who just like went missing for 20, 25 minutes. I'm like, where'd you go? He's like, work. Oh, I just, I just fu- fucked that dude in the bathroom. <laughs> like, <laughs> like wasn't hanging out with him. It was hanging out with us and then made eye contact and they're like, all right, let's go do this. And then, and then I, I go back to hanging out with my friends. It's the best. What a life. I know. Uh, I starring Mel Gibson. Danny Glover, of course, Gary Busey, Darlene Love, many others. 
Uh, it's a. It's, where was uh? Yep. Where was Gibson and on the in his timeline here? Was it? I mean, this is it after post- Mad Max, yes. right? Mad. Yeah. yeah, I knew that. You know, I'm trying to think of. Um, he hadn't quite hit his uh, his 90s stride. No, this is the movie. This, this is his, the movie. Yeah, this was. This is it. Yeah, yeah this is the movie. So, let, yeah, let's so, see. Yeah. So one thing about Mel Gibson, when I see him in like shit now. Yeah. I just I can't stand the guy and and can't really have trouble watching him, like separating the art yeah. from the artist. Yeah. And there are a lot of times I, I, I have no problem with that. And for some reason, I'm totally OK with seeing young Mel Gibson. Yeah, he, I didn't. I didn't think about him, but when I see older Mel Gibson, I I just I can't watch him. But no, this movie didn't bother me at all. No, he is great. Hold on, let's let's call. He's pretty fucking handsome. He's, with a mullet. He's handsome. He's dynamic. He's got blue eyes. Like he's Australian. Now, one of the things that's kind of I wanted to bug me, and I always noticed it is he he sounds extremely Australian. Like he's he's yeah, trying he's to cover it up. The accent. Yeah, he but he is a little bit, but he can't. So he sounds Australian. And I'm like, what? You know, like, should I be mad about that? And then I think, well, Schwarzenegger not, never tried to hide his accent. Nobody cares. Like it, I, I love the wire and McNulty certainly didn't do oh, a good job. Yeah, with his accent. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. He's another one. Why can't I call up his? I'm on IMDb. Okay, but the on. hair was a uh, to me. The hair was was that that was a selling point. I mean, few oh, totally. people could rock that hair. There's the I don't know. What you, you have would call to be handsome. As, you have to be handsome as fuck to pull yeah. that off, especially on the force. It was like the is what is it a perm or just like extra it, curly? Yeah, it's just blown In out. Certain scenes, it was like very blown out. Yeah, but then when it was like finely quaffed, it just was like a straight up '80s mullet. Yeah, so he yeah. so he had done the he had done Mad Max, of course, followed by the Road Warrior, and you know, like a bunch of other stuff that you don't know about. The Year of Thunder Living Down. Dangerously was a was yeah. a popular movie. Um, he was in Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, which is horrible. Then he did Lethal Weapon, and then after that, listen to this shit. Tequila Sunrise, Lethal Weapon 2, Bird on a Wire, Air America, Hamlet, Lethal Weapon 3, Forever Young, Man Without a Face, Maverick, Braveheart. Some, some stinkers, but all high profile. All, all big Hollywood movies. He did a voice of John Smith and Pocahontas. Ransom, huge movie. Father's give me Day. Back my son. Yes, yeah, give me back my son. Conspiracy theory. Le- I didn't know there were four lethal weapons. Lethal weapon four. Now Payback. Chris Rock. Oh, that's right. Yes. This this movie, this franchise existed long enough that after Bring the Pain, people are like, all right, put Chris Rock in something. Yeah. Yes, exactly. The Patriot, what women want. Uh, we were soldiers. So well, those then it became like then he had a bad incident. He's in yeah. the Jodie Foster puppet movie. Yeah. Like he, the singing detective. <laughs> Father he, Stu. Yep. The the whole um, Braveheart, obviously, but I, th- I want to say We Are Soldiers as well. And then there was a third movie, you know, The Patriot. Yeah. I think those were all directed by him. Yep. He got into directing, starring. Yep. And did some really fucking good work. Yep. Then he did. Then he started directing these weird biblical movies. Yeah, I, I will say it, it happened around the time of the, the when he was abusive to his wife 
Was he's that? like, you'll shut up and blow me. Yeah, yeah. Um, that movie that was in Esperanto or whatever language, the yeah, the, it was it was good. Yeah. Oh, really? You're talking about Apocalypto? Yes. Apocalypto. Yep. I, I well, wanted to be like, what is this piece of shit? Yep. And I watched the whole thing. I was like, that was a good action movie. It's an amazing movie. Never seen it. It looks cool. It, really? Yeah. Oh, and it's, it's annoying, fast. but there's not. I think the thing is, because it's in whatever language it is, um, it 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 doesn't have a ton of dialogue. It's a lot of like action. Oh, action. action. Yeah. yeah. So you're not it's reading. About the Mayan, so it's about the Mayans. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I recommend it. I definitely do. Yeah. Um, so the movie starts out and in, in case there's any question about whether or not this is a Christmas movie, the opening sequence starts with the song Jingle Bells. Bobby Helms. Yes. Jingle Bell Rock. Yes. Jing- oh, that's right. Jingle Bell Rock. I mean, we know we're watching a Christmas movie because it takes place in L.A., which, of course, doesn't look very Christmassy. But it's clearly a Christmas movie because they're telling us with the music. Then we got there was one worrying thing in the opening credits, which looked very 80s, like RoboCop kind of font. But music by Eric Clapton. Well, yeah, I was going to a little worried. I was going to ask you about that because. That is a big part of this movie the, that the score that Eric Clapton did with uh, Michael Kamen, where it's like kind of like jazzy guitar and saxophone throughout. It really makes the movie. It really is. Yeah. It makes it different than other movies that it's all. Everything is accompanied by the same sort of score throughout. How, how do you guys feel about that? It feels it. It. It makes the movie, it sets the tone, but every time I hear a saxophone, it brings me to 1987. Like, that's the yeah. most dated instrument for some reason. Yeah, it saxophone is. saxophone isn't in anything anymore. But it fits the mood, and it's, it it's, part, of, it's part of the, the vibe of this movie that I, I had sort of forgot. I mean, I knew it was there, but I'd sort of forgotten about, but as I watched it, I'm like, oh, yeah, like, this needs this. Like, this is, this kind of, like, sets the tone for the movie. I don't know uh, what is more 80s, uh, the saxophone, which I agree with that. The saxophone throughout this movie, all it reminds you of is that it's in the 80s. But I don't know what is more 80s, the saxophone throughout or the end apartheid bumper sticker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so well, apartheid is over, so you're not going to see that again. Right. Yeah. I, I read something. Usually I read more about like behind the scenes, but I did read something about Richard Donner. I was looking up like his his film credits and I looked at his bio and he loved putting in political messages. And a couple days ago, I saw I I saw this movie and then I also a couple days ago, I watched Scrooged and the the grace, the secretary, when they go visit her home to see how they're like poor. Edie McClurk. No, 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 no. Oh. the black woman. Oh, oh right, right, right. Oh, Alfred Woodard. Uh, Alfred Woodard. Yeah. They've got a giant end apartheid uh, poster on their on their kitchen wall. So, like, Dick Donner in this era oh. was, like, like making a stand. What? He said, movies that are about a message tend to suck, but if I have a movie about something, I like to throw my, my messages what? in there in the background. Is Dick Donner significant? Because the bad guys in Lethal Weapon 2 were significant. Yeah, I think he's American. He just hated the South Africans. Interesting. He hated the Afrikaners. Yes, I never knew that. I never yeah. put that together. That makes a lot of sense. So th- this movie also starts out in a way that you 
that doesn't happen. Yeah, that doesn't happen anymore with a hot, nearly naked, or mostly naked, drugged out girl in a bed. You know who she was? Jackie Swanson. Woody Boyd's wife, Kelly Kelly uh, Gaines. Shut up. Kelly, Kelly, Kelly? Kelly, 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 that's her. Naked on Yayo on the balcony. Now, it is interesting because... They see her do a, a big old gagger. Yeah, they, a big bumper <laughs> Yeah, and and look, I'm not going to say that I'm have the most drug experience on this show. I'm going to guess that I probably do, and I guess that the listeners probably think that I do. I've never taken anything that immediately made me climb on a balcony and do a swan dive into a cutlass. Yes, that seems PCP. And then and then later and then later they say. Oh, well, they're like, she had enough. They, um, somebody put Drano in the pills. Yeah. So she she would have been dead in 15 minutes. I think she would have been dead instantly. My guess is if that you <laughs> inhale powdered Drano directly into your brain, you, you don't make it, it to the window. You in Pulp Fiction. Yes, yes. You exactly. immediately yes. just fall back yes. on the couch. Yes. <laughs> they made her like frolic with her, with her breasts out. It was, it was. It was definitely drawing in the viewer. Yeah. She climbs on the balcony and swan dives. She looked like uh, 80 different famous blonde uh, actresses in the 80s. In fact, I, the reason Kelly why Haynes. I didn't, I wasn't able to place her. And then uh, a couple of scenes later, when Mel Gibson is looking at a picture of his late wife, there's another blonde. I just assumed it was the one that had jumped off. I, it was just some, yeah. some hair blown blonde. Generic. Yeah. Everybody, every seemed like every like famous or semi-famous uh, blonde in the eighties looked like Nicole yeah. uh, Nicole Simpson Brown. Yeah, they do. They have the um, the video vixen look was very popular yeah. with the bangs, the blown out hair. Yeah, the hot body. The only thing I'd say about uh, Nicole Brown Simpson was there was a pretty strong draw, jawline with her, though. That's true. It was a, little, a little bit masculine. Sure. A little bit masculine, I would say. And Absolutely. I, I will say this, too, that um, I'm sure you guys have noticed, and it's probably been explained somewhere, but um, she is just the first of three naked characters in the first 10 minutes of the movie. Oh, that's good. I like that. Yeah. I like that. I like being reminded of that. We Dick so, Donner let us know we were going to be into this movie. No. Yeah, absolutely. And you could do that back then. You know, right. like it's it's we're in a different time now. We don't objectify people. Right. Dick but, Donner did. But also, we objectify Mel Gibson, Detective yeah. Riggs, Sergeant Rick. No, I don't know we his don't rank. See, we, we don't see his rig, but we see we come pretty his clo- ass. Yeah. Oh, we, we come pretty close to seeing um, uh, Roger Murtaugh's. Roger Murtaugh. Yeah. He's I mean, in a bathtub. He's in the bathtub. And, and, and his, and his, well, I, his family's like, a, first of all, he's a man that takes a bath. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> I I told I I told you years ago yeah. on this show. Yeah, I had the flu. Yep, and I was like, I'm I'm just I've got the chills. I'm gonna take a bath. Yep, and I felt like Patrick Ewing in there. My knees are sticking up. Yep. And it, it, you, a grown man, even in like a kind of a large bath, it doesn't yeah. work. Did you did you invite the family in to have a look at your cock while you were bathing? Because that's because Roger Murtaugh did, and that's that so, I found kind of weird. So too old for this shit, Danny Glover. Yep. He's turning fifty to start the movie, and they're like, they come into the bathroom. That should be your private time, and it's yeah. like, hey, happy birthday, Dad. Let's all like look look yeah. at your penis. Yeah. And it, it was you. weird. And I was thinking, 
Well, he he looks pretty good for 50. That's because he's 40. 40. Yeah. How he fucking old is this guy? This. Yeah. And yeah, he looks yeah, he looks about 40. But they're they're making him seem like he's he does like grunt a lot, like a little yeah. too much for a 40 year old man. Or even for a 50 year old man. He acts like he's 80, but he looks about 40. Yeah. And he's and, he seems like he's near death. Go, go ahead, Jason. I, 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 I've never seen this movie before. What? Oh, oh my yeah, God. I, Jason Stewart. I, yeah, I had, I had this is worse than Magnum PI. Somehow it was completely off the radar for me. But Shut I, up. I was, this was a huge movie. Jason, you're the but biggest I, movie fan I know. See, did, did you see sequels? No, no, none of the franchise. I know I didn't what? see any Jason, of the franchise. So you are a gift. <laughs> I was just, I was just shocked that this uh, large black man, it wasn't okay. even a bubble right. bath. Yes. No, it wasn't. His entire family, like, yeah. hugging him yeah. and kissing him <laughs> yeah. while yeah. his cock was out, including yeah. a, a teenage daughter. Yeah. It was a little weird. So, it's so problematic. Weird. It's a little weird. Yeah. Hey, by the way, uh, another Christmas hook in here, Danny Glover's house. Yeah. It's Todd and Margot's house from Christmas Vacation. I thought it looked familiar. Is that yeah. right? Makes yes, a lot is. of sense. Yes. I thought a little little too nice on a cop's salary, by the way. And I I know, look. And also they well, say if his wife is Darlene in love, she probably made money in the recording. That's right. Industry. Yeah, yes. And and yes. Also, they say he lives at Third and Ocean at one point, which is in Santa Monica, which is the look, even in the 80s was still the high rent district. I mean, he was, you yeah. know, he did, he did well for himself, maybe maybe based off his wife's salary. This, uh, this yeah. is kind of all over the map. I know we, we always do this jump around about L.A. movies, but like, no, I'm saying like literally geographically. I want to say that first building that that they did it's the, the Capitol Records building that you yeah. jumped was yeah. Capitol Records yeah. or like this Hollywood Inn building off of a Sepulveda in the 405. I know what you're talking about. One the of Holiday those two, Inn. Yeah. Of those, um, and supposedly she was in Long Beach, uh, according to the movie. Well, there is there um, is that Holiday Inn in so, Long Beach, also so off the 405 is, in Cherry. Uh, well, so was that it? Area but, is limitless. Right, right, but then, but then they say, but later they say it's in Culver City. So they're 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 mostly this movie is meant to be based on the West Side, because also you can see the ocean from when they're outside of not to get too like in the weeds here, but when they're outside of the hotel that she jumped off of, you can see the ocean in the background. So it's meant to be, I think, Santa Monica. I don't know. It's confusing. Well, you know where the 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 funeral was for the jumper. Where, where her old oh, man lives. Palos Verdes. I want to say that's, that sound. is it Palos Verdes yeah. or Laguna? No, it's it Palos Verdes. Like Laguna. No, it's Palos Verdes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, you know, what was funny. The, the commercial in the background when Mel Gibson's naked in the trailer watching TV, watching Family Feud, the Frank Perdue commercials where he describes the, the birds, they, for like a decade, that was the selling point of Perdue chicken. Oh. Not that it's cheap or something. It was just an old man describing... Birds. Disgusting! You don't want to know that you're actually eating a bird. He's like, we don't, we don't have those scrawny birds. We ours are plump, and we yeah, we we fill them up with steroids and <laughs> right, and keep keep them confined in a very uncomfortable place, and they pet each nice other's eyes out. Yes. <laughs> that that was the ad campaign. It was just it, Frank Purdue, I guess, was like, you're gonna put just like Dave Thomas at Wendy's. Hey, I'm putting up the money. You're putting me in the ads, even though I have no right. business. Right, because I own ads. the company. Yeah, he, I think he died in a hot tub with with like a hooker. Or oh, nice. That's how we all want to yeah. go. Yeah, that's, that's the way to go. 
So feel like Shane Black would have written that for sure. So I a couple things that I thought were odd. One, he's got his RV parked directly on the beach. I don't know. I don't know where you can do that. And nowhere in Southern California. I mean, they do it these days, but it's just homeless people squatting, camped out. He's so yeah. he lives directly on the beach in an RV. He wakes up. But when he wakes up, he has a lit cigarette in his mouth already. Right. <laughs> now, my buddy, who's a uh, fireman in the Bronx, there's there's a lot of people that start fires because of that. Oh, it's a very common way Crack to die. And stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys also happen to notice, aside from the Frank Purdue commercial, what he's watching on TV? He's playing. He's playing the feud. Um, he's playing the feud. Which, which oh, yeah. I I need to point out was and still is a nighttime game show. So is this is he is he waking up in the afternoon? Is that what's going on? Because it's light outside, and there's Dick Dawson. Who would who would come on TV and tongue kiss your grandmother? I think Jason. I think we lost Ed for a while. Hopefully, he can jump back in here quickly. Um, so, Roger Murtaugh is contacted by his Vietnam buddy, and this yeah. was this was this was a very common the 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 uh, Vietnam veteran. Was was a common trope back in the day, but it is striking as odd that that Murtaugh and Riggs, despite being supposedly generations apart, like the whole thing about them being partners is yeah. that they're like this guy's old, this guy's sort of the young buck, he's a fucking wild, can- he's a loose cannon, blah blah blah. But they're both Vietnam vets, so they can't be that far yeah. apart in age, right? I, that's a weird one for me. That that threw me too because when they went to um, when they when he goes to the gravestone and looks at his dead wife's years, oh, I want to yeah. say it was sixty five to eighty seven. The made her thirty two. Th- I mean that doesn't even add up if he's if he's in a, say is even Smith. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code Champion One Fifty. Then place a five dollar wager on any sport. You'll receive one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the King of Sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc 30s he yeah. couldn't have been in, in nom so that that, that, yeah. that was a weird one for me the, I, the math doesn't add up i on think that. i read that murtaugh's supposed to be 50 so i guess yeah, he was no, in nom yeah i guess he was in nom in the early years that and, adds up. and then riggs is supposedly 38 which puts him in nam during the later years i guess I, I, I this is why this is where we need ed because 
How long did Nam go? I mean, it went from the well, early 60s. 67 to 73, I want to say, is when all the heavy shit went down. Yeah, so but they were, the, they, were there in the, they were in the 60s because, remember, um, Kennedy wanted to get us out of Nam, and that's why, and that's why the CIA killed him. No, I'm just saying the real heavy shit. Oh, right. We started yeah. sending yeah, over sure. a lot of troops was like 67, yeah. and then it went through 73. Right, so, so 60, right. 60. So, yeah, if 73... If he's 38 in 87, 38, so he was uh, 20 when he's in Nam, and then maybe, and then what's his name? Murtaugh's like 30. It was strange, but yeah, you're right. All these, um, most of these cop stories, novels in the 80s, all those cops had, uh, were veterans. Yeah. Were some kind of special. Because that's what you did afterward. And then, so there, so Murtaugh goes there to investigate the, the, the suicide the believe suicide. She, she swan dives lands beautifully on her back on a cut list. Like, look, I, I don't, I wouldn't suggest looking up falls from buildings, but that's not what they look like. Your legs are akimbo. <laughs> things are turned different ways. Your brain has been evacuated from your head. It's bad. Yeah. You don't want to see that, but she, yeah. she looks very peaceful and they go, they, they go and they're like, Hey, were there any witnesses? And they're like, yeah, some hooker. And then, and then, you know, it's not a way we would discuss things these days. <laughs> and then, and then Murtaugh goes, who was paying the bills? Find out who was paying the bills to the other cop. And the other cop goes, well, that'll take some looking into. And he's like, we'll do it. Well, it's the, it's the first thing you would do. You go to the front desk and go, Hey, somebody jumped off the fucking building. We need to find out which room. And also who rented this room? It would take zero looking into. It would take one question. To whoever's running the front desk, and then you would know. It's that simple. Like not not like a big ask. Like how lazy are these? How lazy are these cops? Yeah, how lazy are oh, these uh, cops? What's that, Jason? Glover's a bit melodramatic in this one. I mean, he, he goes is. from zero to one hundred pretty quick. He finds out that it's his buddy's daughter, yeah, and he sucker. just gets really weird and short and violent yeah. uh, right away. But it's good. But yeah, I I think that. Um, so they had to establish that, but then they go to this fucking weird ass drug deal to show what Mel oh, Gibson's is, character does. I guess he's wait, vice. Kiedis is dad. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So that, this is, this is an important part. And I'm glad Ed rejoins us now after some technical difficulties, Ed. Yeah. Glad to have you back. I got, I got ghetto Wi-Fi. It tonight. happens. It happens. Is that Kiedis from uh, red hot chili peppers? His dad's in this. His dad is the the last guy in the shootout, right? Blackie, damn it! I did not know that. Okay, yeah. yeah, he's yeah he's doing a deal. Always weird to me when they cut open the bag of cocaine with a knife, because then it's like, well, all the cocaine is going to leak out of that bag. Yeah, have yeah. you ever accidentally like ripped a, the bottom of a bag of flour or or sugar? Just throw it away. Just throw it away. It's a There's mess. No going back. But you can't. Yeah, you you can't do that with cocaine. No, it's all going to spill out, and it's expensive. Like you, like you got to be careful with that. You you open a bag of sugar to make some cookies, and first of all, why is everything still coming in that big like paper? Like it's like it's yeah. the fourteen hundreds. Like, yeah, with bad glue. Yeah, like what? Because sometimes you bring it home and it's already leaking. Yeah, it's like Pa. We're going. Pa. We're going down to the general for provisions. Yeah. I'm gonna get some sugar, and it's in a paper thing that's sealed with right. like other paper. What? What? What yeah, year like is it? It was packaged with Nellie Olson's mom yes. from uh, from exactly. Little House. Exactly. <laughs> so you got to put it in a bigger bag, and then, and then here's here's uh, here's. 
uh, Sergeant Riggs or whatever is. I need his rank because yeah. I keep saying Sergeant and it's not that. Captain? Detective? No, Captain. He's Vice, right? Yes. Narcotics. He's narcotics and then he moves to did, homicide. Did I actually, maybe I wasn't paying attention enough. I assume, did you guys talk about the, the hostage situation at the school? What what was going on in that scene? When <laughs> Do you mean the, like, it was just the show hostage that, situation? It wasn't, I, like, there was a shooter at a school, but, like, he wasn't shooting kids. He was shooting at, I just didn't know what was going on in that, that scene where they're trying to show Mel Gibbs, uh, uh, Riggs is nuts. And he has no problem with a shooter shooting at him in the playground. But like, what I don't remember that I, scene at all. I don't this, either, this, buddy. This lethal weapon. Two? Are you watching okay. a different lethal weapon? You're in the wrong movie. The, yeah. the, the first <laughs> scene to show he's crazy. He just walks right up. There's like a sniper. There's like a sniper at a school. I have the movie on right now. I'm watching. This is, this is not in the version that I watched. I don't remember is the this the director's cut? Is this the director's cut? Because he does, he does the thing where he handcuffs himself to the other guy, but that comes that no, comes after before that scene. Yeah, this is before the scene. There's just a random shooter at a school playground, and he walks right up. This is and- this is not only not in the this is not in the theatrical release of the movie yet. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm watching, and it, there's the guy. One of the cops is the guy who invented Skynet. The 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 black oh. dude who invented Skynet. Yeah. He's one of the cops. This didn't exist? No. No. Absolutely I, I not. See the first time we see Gibson in action is a stupid drug deal. Yeah. But, he oh, does. Yeah, they do so, a lot wrong well, this in is, drug uh, deal. So I've got an alternate version. You do. He's uh, he's <laughs> he does the um he does the drug deal at the and then he's like and then he's then he does the he does the curly Joe thing. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he he rubs his face. Yeah. Like, and, and it seems like you kind of vet your buyer. If you're going to sell a hundred thousand dollars worth of cocaine, you kind of like have to know <laughs> the guy a little bit. And then he's like counting out like yeah, uh, so 90, the, 90 the, the movie, Yeah. The version I'm watching. Yeah. He's, I think he's drinking Meister brow with these guys do in the Christmas tree lot with, with Anthony Kiedis, dad. Yeah. That, I that think. happens. And then, yeah. And then he's like, shoot him. And yeah. Anyway, he gets he gets away, and this is this is how he sets him up. Now this this is interesting because then we flash forward to the to this is the most realistic part of the movie because we flash forward to the, we're at the the precinct, probably this downtown L.A. We're at the precinct, and the mom from Goonies is there, and she's like she's telling the <laughs> captain or whatever she's like, wasn't she married to Dick Donner? Didn't we like? Oh, I don't Did know we, that. Yeah. Well, I think we did another. Oh, she was also the reporter and in, in in like in the background of Back to the Future. She's been in stuff. She's always in stuff like, in the 80s. Why yeah. was she in stuff? Yeah. And it was because she was married God, or damn. dating Dick Donald. What a gig. Oh. Okay. So she's she's there and she's like, look, she's like, this guy's suicidal. She's she actually says, and this is this is like the this is like the coined term. She's like, he's on the edge. <laughs> she's like, he's suicidal. He's probably going to kill himself. And the cop's like, the captain's like, yeah, well, you know, that doesn't really bother me. Like, it's not my problem. I'm going to put it back on the street. Most realistic scene in the movie, LAPD sending a clearly unfit cop (laughs) back out onto the street. Yeah, love it. What's the worst that could happen? 
Right. Yeah. He could, you know, kill somebody. So then, so then we get the, I'm too old for this shit. We find out they were both in nom. And we talked about this while you were gone, Ed, and and you can explain this better. They're, they're, they're one guy's 50 and the other guy's 38. They're they're The whole point of the movie is that they're, they're generations apart. And yet, they were both in Nam. Yeah, I was doing the math. I I think I I I was I I think I did the math that it was Gibson's time in Nam was maybe four months before we ended operations. Right, right. and and he's doing assassinations for Shadow Company for the CIA. You can't do that at nineteen years old. You got to train no. a little bit. Yeah, that's yeah. that's for an experienced guy that they. They already announced his death so he can be a mercenary for them. Right. Off right. The grid. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It was a little not a 19 year old. They played it fast and loose, but that's just how they did things back then. The, the math is a little loose. So what so what, as they're walking out for whatever reason, they're put together. So the, the I guess the gist of it is the uh, the police actually take the advice of the psych and they give Gibson to uh, Raj as some kind of a redeployment or well, something. That, that, that's not really explained. He's the steady old guy who grunts a lot. So maybe he'd be a, a steady yeah. president. In the suicide doing, doing homicide. But they essentially yeah. give him a promotion to, to a more <laughs> dangerous job. They're like, Hey, look, this guy's clearly nuts. Let's have him go out and find killers. <laughs> and, yeah. and also, is this a demotion to Roger Murtaugh? Because it seems like he's well-respected on the job. Yeah. And now they're like, uh, yeah, you were doing such a good job. We thought we'd handicap you with an unstable partner. Right. You know? And and he's like, par- is, aren't there, are there no protocols there? Because he's like a partner. Like what? Some guys have partners. Some guys don't. Like it seems like he would be <laughs> right. seen at, at, considering he's 50 years old and about to retire. Also, retirement at 50 and is like nice, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. He's he, yeah. He's he's getting towards the end. And all of a sudden he's saddled with a partner. Meanwhile, what? Some other guys don't have partners. It's confusing. Oh, as so, they, oh, as, ahead, they deliver, as they deliver the title of the movie, uh, we heard in the in the uh, uh, trailer. But I mean, it it's a really strange way to deliver the title of the movie. So, oh yeah, as, um, as Raj is walking with Riggs out to the parking lot or in the parking lot, he says, "I heard you are heavy in martial arts, Tai Chi, and all that killer shit." Yeah. Now Tai Chi, I don't know a whole lot about martial arts, but yes. isn't Tai Chi that shit that that ninety-year-old like yeah, Chinese old, men do in the old, park? Yeah, I, I was gonna say you always see old uh, Chinese yeah. guys doing it in slow motion yeah. in the park. Like, I would say, you would have to you would be able to defeat really slow ninjas. I actually know a little bit about Tai Chi. It is not. It's I guess uh, it's a on the fringes of a martial art but it's it's a practice it's more like you're meditation air, right? no you're you're um you're holding a ball of energy oh. in your hand that's what that's the move they're doing they're always with the ball of energy they're moving around this ball of energy it's it's more like a dance it's did, not, yeah right. did you so out of did all, you notice yeah. of, of all the disciplines of martial arts tai chi was meant i don't know if that was yeah. uh if that was written in as being ironic or the writers to, I think so. No, it had to be, it had um, to be. Ha- okay. Well then, so then he says, um, Tai Chi and all that killer shit. Maybe we should register you as a lethal weapon. So I have a just, thought about just, that. I have a, I have a <laughs> thought about that. Do you think, are you saying Shane black 
wrote that in or do you think Shane Black had uh, you know, a buddy cop name and they picked yes. and they plucked a yes. line yes. from the script? So it was ADR because it's and there's a lot of ADR in this movie if you notice. There's a lot of times where they're they're either not um, close enough to the mic to the, to the boom or whatever. And it's, it's almost like a, it's almost like a samurai movie where they have to overdub a lot. And in that part, he's saying it across the car and it's from the back of Murtaugh's head. That's clearly right. ADR where they're like, let's get the name of this movie into this scene. And, yeah, and they right. probably, they probably had a working title that they changed. I have to be honest. I love when the title is spoken in a movie. I love it. <laughs> it's kind of fun. I, I agree. Just find it funny. Like, hey, there it is. There it is. It's, it's kind of fun. It's, it's fun if it's like organic and it's 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 clever. This wasn't. This just seemed forced. No, but even yeah. forced, I find funny. Like it, that's great. It just I love it. I, I love like it too. Bad, but um, did you notice when, around the time that um, the Goonies mom was talking about he was suicidal? He was talking in the office. With Little Johnson from Die Hard, one of the helicopter pilots. Yes, I was wondering where I knew that. I was like, was this was guy Theo's friend high, on the Cosby Show? Yes, yes. Yeah, when 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 the guy was like, hey, uh, when uh, what's his name, Robert Davi was like, yes. Hey, doesn't this remind you of Nam? And he's like, I was in junior high, dickhead. Well, I looked up that actor. How about this for a moniker? Oh, no. That actor's name is Grand Bush. <laughs> what a name. What a name. Grand what a guy. Bush. Yes. What a career. I guess Joel Silver liked him enough to put him in the next. <laughs> That's movie. the best. Um, so he meets his new partner. Then we're introduced to the and great Joshua. Gary Busey. Yes. But, but before I believe this was before he bounced his head off a curb. Yes. He yeah. looks a little more composed. Yes. Normal. Sort of normal. He's. <laughs> You know, they're they're in a club They They do their business out of a club. somewhere. But there's there's like three that guys in yeah. this that scene. Yeah. That, that guy, Mendez. Yeah. I don't know what I know him from, but he always played like a criminal or a junkie. Oh, or he's he's really that good. Mendez. He's he's got piercing blue eyes and he's got a yes. very he's got a very recognizable face from 80s movies. So, yeah, very strange. And then very the strange. general, yes. another guy who died this year, Mitchell Ryan. Oh. He was he played uh, the 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 subject in uh, the fucking John Cusack assassin movie where he goes back oh, to his high gross school. point blank. Gross point blank. He plays Great the movie. guy, the mini driver's father. Right. His, but he was in a ton of stuff. He was that guy. Also, he di- he died this year, but his toupee for sure lives on like that's they <laughs> yeah, couldn't so, have been buried with him. Yeah. Yeah, but that's one of the lines delivered by the uh, the Hispanic guy with the blue eyes. Like, yes, I'm, go- I'm guessing if you're a lethal fan, a lethal weapon fan. Yeah. This is one of the lines of the movie. But it sounds so awful to someone like me who's never seen the movie. Yeah. When he's talking about beauty, it's great. And no, he's this like, is a great Where'd you guys get him? Psychos are us. No, it's yeah. yeah it, no, it's amazing. The whole scene's amazing. He goes, he goes. What are you? What are you using mercenaries? What? What, what do you give a shit, guy? They're trafficking heroin from Asia. Like it's, they probably want to keep their heroin safe coming from Asia. Wouldn't you use the best, most lethal yeah. killers you have? Of course right. you would. Now you're bringing you're bringing Ed. Horse from Laos. Yeah, right. Exactly. So then he, but this, this, this was interesting to me. This is a, this is a famous scene. 
He brings he brings in Mendez and Mendez is like I don't know about these guys blah 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 he's he's bitching a lot for a guy that wants to buy a, a yeah, gross yeah. amount of heroin yeah I he mean, wasn't super hard yeah, as soon as he gets in there he's he's yeah. crying they're like do you, do you smoke do you have a lighter and they make him light the lighter and then he's freaking out because the 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 general's like look my people are very loyal which I appreciate and then he's like Mr Joshua your right arm please and then he holds he holds the flame to his arm for a, an extended period of time to, to prove Mr. Joshua's loyalty. My question yeah. to you is what's in it for Joshua. What's in it for not only what's in it for Joshua. How did they discover that they had this test that they could show people like what's like, was this the first time they did this? Do they do this every single time they sell somebody H like what's and also why do you have to prove to the buyer that your people are loyal? They, what does he give a shit? He just wants to buy the heroin. He doesn't care that your fucking guy will put his arm in a lighter. What would, what would be the point? No, it's, it made no sense. It was just like a party trick that Busey wanted to show. Right. Off? Yes. No, it was. Yes, it was. It was a strange turn. But but Busey, he's he's the strong, silent, like he's he's a good foil for Riggs in this movie. And he's, he really kind of makes the movie like he's, he's got a lot of gravitas. I think he's, he's good for that. It feels like we have done at least three Busey movies. In fact, we have, so we, we did, um, oh. under siege, uh, under siege and, and, uh, Keanu, uh, the other the oh, surf, point, break. Movie. point break, yeah. point break, classic. And, and like Busey's characters are horribly written in all. It was it Busey's acting, or was it the writers that wrote his characters? They're all ridiculous, over the top people that aren't realistic it, at all. He, it, I no, but know, I, I can't quite figure it out. I would actually say that in this one, he he's certainly yes. written as over the top. In this one, I think he's actually a decent actor. In the other ones, I think this guy's terrible, and it probably has to do with hitting his head on yeah, the curb. Remember, he was nominated for Academy Award. He played he played Buddy Holly in the Elvis. Buddy Holly story. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Buddy Holly. Yeah. So he's. But you're then he hits his head. Telling me that he had not hit his head uh, during this I movie. I think it was around this gonna, time that he hit his I'm head. Look it up. I'm going to say after yeah. it was just after this. So then they do. We'll the, get to it. We'll get to it. But, but the, the biggest fucking uh, Gary Busey strange moment in this movie, December fourth, nineteen eighty-eight, is when he. Yep. He, so after he domed himself, oh, so not the, wearing a helmet. Yep. So I guess the, then the writing is who we have to blame for him thinking that he can't outrun a guy on foot in a car, and you have to freak <laughs> yeah. out and go on the well, wrong side of the freeway. Yeah, that was that was a confusing. We'll, point. Get, we'll get to it. So we're introduced to Michael Hunsaker. Turns out his daughter was doing pornos, and he and. And we don't get the backstory. That's probably a scene that got cut that Murtaugh owes him for something that happened in Vietnam. But he's he's like, hey, you go find these guys and kill them. I feel like there's a better way to say that to an LAPD <laughs> officer. Yeah, he makes yeah. it crystal clear. Yeah. He needs them dead. And then and then not again, not to get to L.A. about it, but they come out of that and they um that they're. They're getting a, a hot dog from a hot dog vendor, which almost doesn't exist, especially back then in L.A. And then they're not across Los Angeles, no. right? Not not in L.A. And then they're at the corner of uh, Wilshire and Western, where, of course, the Wilshire Theater is where the Lost Boys is playing across the street. Except that is not a movie theater. That is a concert hall. That is not a place where that's ever shown movies, as far as I know. <laughs> Did Joel Silver have a, he, like, he a reason? Oh, good. Po- yeah, he must have had a piece of that. 
the Lost Boys. Because you see that type of stuff happen. Yes, I didn't even think about that. Then there's then there's the thing where they're where the guy's gonna jump off the building. I don't know how much of that we have to cover. He goes Mert or Riggs is why yeah. why why add that scene? It's weird. It's, yeah, we already know he's crazy. Right. That's the thing. And I, I think it's also to get in the line, uh, no guns, no jujitsu, just get him down. Yeah. Don't kill anybody. The 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 real head scratcher is that this massive inflatable thing. Uh, that they put below uh, jumpers. They didn't see somehow it. Somehow disappeared see it. out of nowhere. And and for sure, one no of them. One knew it was there. One of them gets their um, arm ripped off or shoulder dislocated, <laughs> or or oh, at, yeah. or at the or at the very least degloved, jumping from a four story building, handcuffed together. Like there's no way you you both come out of that fine. Nobody's got a broken arm. Although, let's remember, and Jason, you won't know about this because. F- while you've seen every episode of I Love Lucy, <laughs> you've never seen Lethal Weapon. Or Magnum P.I. Or Magnum P.I. In Lethal Weapon Part 2, one of Riggs's party tricks is that when he is, when he is, um, shoulder. yeah, when he is, what do you call those? Straight jacketed. You don't see those anymore. You don't see no, straight used jacketed. them a lot like, in the 80s. Yeah, it's like quicksand. He's he's yeah. straight jacketed and then thrown into the ocean. He is able to free himself by dislocating his shoulder. I proffer to you that this is an injury garnered from that time he jumped up. He dislocated his shoulder. You didn't point. tell us about it. How could you not when you're handcuffed to somebody else? You're handcuffed to a crazy guy. You're, you're either going to collide with the guy or you're going to separate your shoulders yes. or worse. Unbelievable. Well, the, the weird thing is that in my notes I had written, how does he get out of the, you know, when they're electrocuting him and torturing him, how does he just all oh. of a sudden oh. get out of that maneuver if he doesn't have a dislocated oh. shoulder? No, I, well, cause he's, he's only hung there by the, he's tied by his hands and feet. <laughs> But and I get yes, we're jumping ahead, but it doesn't matter. It seemed kind of weird. He seemed kind of weird at the time. He's hung from a hook. He's not actually clipped into the hook. So once he and spoiler alert, once he strangles in a jujitsu like maneuver, once he strangles Endo, the great Al Leong, who's played exactly that same character in every movie he's ever been in. Once, from from uh, Die Hard. Yes. Once once he strangles him with his feet. He's able to push himself off the wall and just lift his arms off the off the hook that he's held by. It's a, he's only he's only held by his own weight. Look, huge mistake by Mr. Joshua and for that matter, Endo. <laughs> no, it's one of the rare movies where uh, the bad guy tells the good guy everything yeah, that plan. he's going to do. Yeah. And then he, he leaves the room. Hey, just go ahead and kill him, Endo. I'm out of here. I got to be back in the club. <laughs> They you got this one. I thought I thought Austin Powers did a good job with that, where he's like, "Yeah, yeah, you're not you're not just gonna kill him. Yeah, like, yeah. why are you gonna walk away?" <laughs> yeah. Yes, right. it's Scott Powers. Uh, so then he go, they go to the pimp's house, right? That's a big one. They go to the pimp's house, and they're they're allowed in by you know they're invited in because they don't have a they don't have a warrant. And then and then uh, women are just like measuring cocaine, like right there in the front window. And then some guy randomly just tries to machine gun them. And this, this was always like a real stressful death to me. And this was, uh, and, and deaths like this were really intense in the eighties. Cause 
it's I guess maybe because I was young, but they but they shoot the guy. Well, first of all, Murtaugh brags that he shoots. He's like, see that? I shot him in the leg so we can question that. Well, you're bad at shooting guns because you don't shoot to maim. Right. You could be shot back. <laughs> he shoots the guy in the leg. He's like, hey, see, but they don't secure the guy's arms. He's laying there writhing in pain. He could he could have any manner of weapons, but they, yeah. they do nothing to secure the guy. Of course, he comes out with a gun. They shoot him again and then they throw him in the pools. Apparently, uh, there's there's painting going on because there's a weird pool cover that the guy falls in and then he rides around and drowns. Was that stressful for you guys? Cause that was very stressful for me as a child and Jason, you as a 50 year old, because you've only just now seen the movie. I think maybe in the <laughs> mid eighties, in the mid eighties, the LAPD maybe hadn't been taught right. to remove the weapons from the person you're apprehending because at the very end, after the fist fight that they had to fucking do yep. the, the cops that were in charge of apprehending them, as the good guys turn their back on Busey, yes, yes. they also Same. let this happen. Too. Yes, yes, they, they get their they get their weapon taken from them. But then again, not great police work. They're like, okay, we wrapped up this case. The guy that shot at us must have been the guy, so we're out of here. <laughs> He's dead. Yeah, like what? Uh, like I'm looking, I'm looking from across the street. I'm like, oh, that's a henchman. That's not like the yeah. the, the actual guy. Yeah, this Glenn Fry looking dude yeah. is not the guy. Because and, and you're looking and you're looking at it. I'm like, oh, this is like Victor Maitland's house in the in uh, Beverly Hills Cop. I'm like, of course, there's dudes with machine guns. The the main guy does not stand outside with the machine gun shooting at cops that come in. Well, Glover, right. who my theory is, he's a horrible cop. I mean, this guy has been cashing yeah. checks, yeah. and and he's fifty years old. He just wants retirement. He wants the pension, but like. He he comes to the quick conclusion that that's the guy, and they don't they no longer need to pursue the case. Yep, and that starts this weird, uh, reoccurring joke about things being thin. And I I didn't know that this was a thing. This has to be the the most that any movie has ever gotten out of some weird thin joke. I don't know. That case seems a little thin. And then at some point, uh, um, Mel Gibson's like anorexic thin. Oh, I didn't catch any of that. I didn't catch that at all. <laughs> no, that's that's yeah. the thing. When, oh. when right now at the at the pool scene, yeah, uh, basically Glover thinks that the case is 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 already yes wrapped over. Up. Yeah, and 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 Gibson in the moment's like, I don't know, man, this is too thin for me. The case is really thin. And then throughout the movie, there's at least two more, if not three more thin jokes. Oh fuck! Now I got to. And at some it. point, the big delivery oh, is, I don't know, man, that's real thin. And Mel Gibson says anorexic thin yikes nine four nine remember that nine four nine four six four eight two five seven let me know if you're if jason stewart is making any sense to you is this something that's at is this you don't uh, remember anorexic thin is this, oh, is this I remember I'm, gonna, once. I'm gonna i'm gonna unlike unlike uh ed who just made up a scene uh, this that's is true actually in he my did. notes yes. i watched it mailbag at the ball lifestyle.com if you understand what jason stewart's talking about. i'm gonna film this scene i can see why they took it out because all it's supposed to establish is that Riggs is crazy and then they do like four more scenes where they establish. Yes. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. There's too much crazy as it is. You're no, this is, you have the director's cut. So then they go to the dinner at the Murtaugh's and they're like, a oh, rap. Hey, we've successful case. A few things happen and, at, the, at the Murtaugh's. First of all, his, his daughter is yes. I fucking Riggs. It's a little weird. It's a little weird that his teenage now, in daughter, real life, in real life, she's, tw- she was 27. She, so. and also like, in real life, 
me and my buddies from high school who were making rankings of women from movies that we wanted to have sex with. She was at the, she was up there well, top in, of the list in, in two, they, they, they bring her, they, they make her more yes. uh, accessible yes. in that way. Yes. Cool. She, Cause she's become an adult, Here, but think things I noticed from the, from dinner at the Murtaugh's first of all, after dinner coffee, which is what, you want to fucking be up all night? Like, cause I, I cut like I'm Ed. I know you're not a coffee drinker, Jason. I think you might not be one either. I, I have, oh, I'm co- a huge coffee. Oh, drinker, you are. Big time. So, so I have coffee in the morning and then typically I start to drag a little ass in the afternoon. I have coffee in the afternoon, no later than 3 PM. If I have coffee after 3 PM, I'm lying awake in bed all night long. These guys are, are having mugs of coffee at eight o'clock at night. Did, did any of did that strike you guys as odd? Uh, the, fam- have, the family wrapping together struck me as that was the next thing. That was the next thing. <laughs> well, but but just uh, coffee at night is something that you do when you know that you have to be with company for a few more hours. Like it's a way yes. after dinner to make sure you get that energy to, for the rest of the night. So I no, I agree with you. If I if I go out to like a like a family like dinner or I'm out with friends, a lot of times I'll have a cup and I'm drinking. I'll have a cappuccino. If I know I'm going to be up late anyway, I'll have a cappuccino. But just Wednesday night at home with the fam, just, hey, brew a pot, honey. No, no, thank you. Not happening. I'm like a a phone battery. I just lower and lower energy until the end of the night. Like, I don't, you're done. I don't, I don't try to juice it at eight o'clock because I know I'm going to plug it in when I go to bed. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Ed gets a lot of puss. He's trying to tell us. So, then the, but so far, yeah. the, the teenage daughter, what we know about the teenage daughter is she came in and hugged her dad naked yeah. in a bubbleless bath. Yep. And now she's eye fucking his, his buddy or his yep. partner. His cop buddy. Um, you yeah. guys, I, I think you guys I both have, have to have think. Me. I have to think uh, uh, Riggs, is, I mean, uh, Murtaugh is packing. He looks like he's got a pretty good. Well, penis. yeah. I mean, he's like 6'4". Oh, yeah. He's tall. Yeah, he's, 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 he's like a head taller than his fridge. The knees sticking out of the yeah, the, no. the bathtub. I'm dude. sure his hog was floating he, around. He's put there. together for sure, 100. percent They then they his yeah. nickname in uh, in in uh, high school football was um, glove glove man. Oh, what? Because you know because you know what they say about about guys with big gloves. Oh no, big hands, oh, boy. big hands. Yikes. big hands. Big condoms. Yeah. All right. So, um, so by the way, I, I I googled that quote is very prevalent. It looks like it's a very popular quote uh, in the movie anorexic. But don't you remember in this scene? We're back. You know, he anorexic. eats he eats oh, yeah. he eats the dinner right, and then yep. they go out and they drink beers on the boat. On the and boat. Glover's and he sh- like, he shits Glover's on the like, wife's cooking, right? Yeah. yeah. Tell the truth. Did you like my wife's cooking? And he's like, no. Yeah. Well, later on the movie. The guy's like, uh, Glover's like, I don't know, man, that sounds thin. And oh Gibson's God. punchline in that moment was, well, Are that makes sense wife? with, that's, yeah, that makes sense with your wife's cooking. I do remember that. I do I kind of remember that. Thin joke. I remember that. Thin yeah, joke. Yeah. I remember. Yeah, yeah, look at that. So, so Riggs. Clark, I'm looking, I'm looking at the movie right now. Yeah. It says. Another scene happy, we haven't happy, seen. Happy birthday. He's opening something. Happy birthday, Sergeant. Murtaugh. He's a sergeant. Ah. So he's yeah, but it's Riggs. I don't know. I think he's detective. Oh, we, we need Riggs. Detective. We need Riggs. So Riggs figures out. He's like, hey, Dixie, 
she was up there when the when the uh, when the Drano was getting snorted, and then she offered herself as a witness to uh, to throw people off the case. So they they go to her house, and she's basically like the neighborhood hooker because they both. This is in Inglewood. You see a plane fly over. They go and they. <laughs> oh, yep. I have a question. So yep. they he's looking at Kelly Gaines's yearbook at some point. Eighty three. Yep. Palos Verdes. Yep. Where's that? That's where that's, that's where that's, that's that's her high school. That's where Hunsucker lives. It's high end. It's, it's a baller it's neighborhood. South Beach. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it is. South, it is high yeah. End. South, Beach. Okay. South of Pacific Palisades. So they go they go and, and the kids are playing outside and they're like the cops pull up and they're like, hey, you guys are police. They're like six years old. They're like, you guys here to arrest Dixie? Like they know the neighborhood hooker. And also there's one white person that lives in the neighborhood and she's a hooker. Like it's confusing it's, and it's not cool. Yeah. <laughs> But then, the, yeah, they start chanting at him, right? Like, yeah. Don't arrest yeah. Dixie. Yeah. You going to arrest Dixie? Something like that. So then they go walking up to the house and I'm tell me if you guys notice this. They, they go, they walk up to the house. The house explodes. It's been rigged with explosives. And look, this is, this is not a nine 11 conspiracy, but it would have taken a lot of explosives to make that. Like it's not just couldn't be the gas guy putting like one bomb there. Would only blown up part of the house, but anyway, the house blows up. The, they're they're both blown back. They're probably they probably have little bits of glass and wood like in their bodies. They're because this, but what Dixie just was walking by when she plummeted. Like what what she just witnessed? No, she was she was in on it. She was in on it, and she was she oh, took, she was in on it. She right. took one. She took one for the team by acting as the witness. The house blows up and then they're like, they're rolling around on the ground trying to protect each other. And Riggs says to Murtaugh, what are you, a fag? Because <laughs> he's just, touching him because he's touching yeah. him on the, they're laying on the ground. He's touching him. He's no, trying Glover to protect was, him from Glover glass. was trying to cover him up because <laughs> yeah. his, he says yeah. his coat was on fire. Yeah. And he goes, he, and goes, and he goes, what are you, a fag? Yeah. Gibson, awesome. that, that it's the first of two casual uh, reference casual things time. that Gibson says. Mm-hmm. It was a different. He just time. says, "What are you a fag in 1987?" Yep. I guess that was just reasonable. Keep, yep. comic Keep in humor. mind, yep. 2022 Mel would probably say the same thing. That's <laughs> possible. Yeah, yeah. Also, that, uh, Dixie, you wouldn't expect a neighborhood hooker to have a full inflatable snowman on the roof at Christmas. Time. <laughs> Weird. Yeah, like she really was into it. She's popular like, in the neighborhood. A, yeah, she really yeah. was. Yeah. Oh, what were you going to say, Jason? Not only does he say, what are you, a fag, uh, to Glover as he's trying to save his life. Uh, when they start to uh, torture him, electrocute him, he asks, who's the chink? <laughs> oh, I didn't hear that. Oh, wow. I, didn't I didn't hear that. Jeez. Even in 87, oh, yeah. that was a little, like, what would it matter? The guys, well, although, although, hold on, hold on, hold on. These guys were in Nam. And the NAM connection was how the yep. the little kid described the meter reader having the same tat as Rick. Yeah. That the tattoo was the size but, of. But they're uh, inherently racist against Asians. The, yeah. There's the, that t- tattoo was so the small. Kid, right. The kid has to be unnoticed. Like two doors down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and it and, would have to be a face tattoo no, for a kid to know. It was tiny from across the street. There's no way you could have noticed that. And also, I mean, it wraps up a little too easily because because then uh, Riggs is like, well, it's, you only get one oh. of these if you're in shadow company, you know, like it's like this 
only only looking, someone like me could have this. You know, I'm looking looking at the scene again. Yeah, the kid who who saw it. First of all, he's wearing 3D glasses in the middle of the day, which was weird. Um, he's wearing an end apartheid T-shirt. Oh yeah. Oh, Dick Donner. Dick Donner was was going hard so, on that movement. So a couple. So um, Murtaugh's like, I'm going to talk to these kids, and he's like, Hey, he gets their names. He's like, Oh, Alfred or whatever. He goes. He goes. I bet you like GoBots. And I'm like, oh, like the fucking shittiest toy made in the yeah. 80s. Like <laughs> nobody like Betamax of Transformers. Yeah, nobody like GoBots. Like no, no, nobody like that. And then and then the 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 kids are like, and look, this is how you know it's not this is not a modern phenomenon. The kids are like, Mama said policemen like to shoot black people. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> Mama, this was before Mama Rodney wrong. King. Yes, of course. This was before, yeah. and then yeah, and, a few years. And then Murtaugh's like, "So who's the guy you see?" And then he goes to a six-year-old. He goes, "Can you draw him?" Like I'm, I'm, I'm forty-seven. Like you asked me to draw someone, it would, it would look. Like I like I had I an affliction. It looked like it yeah. looked like a special person. Homer Simpson. Yes. I can't, I can't, I can't draw, draw like a real person. I can't draw any. Like, can you draw him? And also, don't they have people? Don't they have people that know how to talk to people that get the you know the, the make the sketches <laughs> like the Unabombers? Like, yeah, yeah, just crazy, yeah. crazy sketch artist. Yeah, yeah. So then he goes back to Huntsacker's place. Yeah, and he's like, "All right, you've been a big fucking liar. I thought we were old buddies, yeah. and you're making a whole bunch of shit up." Yeah. And, and what's going on? Is there a funeral happening there? Like what's happening? I think it's the funeral for the jumper. That's what I thought. Oh, his daughter. his daughter. He's not even funeral. at his own daughter's funeral. He's inside. He's hanging out with his old buddy. And what's what's he doing? He's drinking fucking eggnog. He, he out of the cartons. Yes, yeah, he out of the cracks. Cartons. They have there's there's multiple cartons of nog set up. Like dozens of cartons of eggnog oh, set up an empty pill bottle too. Yeah. Wait, oh, ta- yeah, I'm, I'm counting. There's seven cartons. Yeah, of eggnog. He takes a pill. He swigs nog. And then Mr. Joshua flies up from the ocean in a helicopter and shoots him through the window and the window, the bullet goes through his back and through the carton of nog and nog starts ejaculating <laughs> all over the, there's eight Who, cartons of nog. Who's this much? Eight. Like nog, you have one sip of every other Christmas. Like who's this and into nog that there's dozens also, of? Yeah. Also, it's not like he opens the fridge and has some nog. They're out. There's just eight cartons of nog, Warm nog. sitting in a guy's office. Yeah. Warm nog. And also, they they do a whole bunch to describe why he hasn't been killed and why the daughter was killed. And then they just kill him. Right. He's like, they can't kill me. They need me too much. Two seconds later, he's fucking dead. (laughs) Then, then they're, then they're like, then they're like, we gotta, uh, we gotta find Murtaugh because he knows our plan. Well, assume he knows your plan. Change your plan. Their whole thing is like, we gotta find these guys. We gotta see what Hunsaker told him. Why? Just, just pivot to a different plan and you'll be fine. But the big reveal, the big reveal of the movie is that the dad uh, knew about this whole thing because yep. these special ops people from Nam were doing a heroin drug That's right. Laos. Uh, That's right. situation. Yep. And they had him compromised and they were, they killed his daughter and they were going to kill the other daughter. They yep. ended up killing him. But they killed the hel- they killed the daughter and him because he wanted out of the heroin business. Right. 
something about that. Or he I think it was like whatever. they they had been doing this for fifteen years and then they went out. I don't think ah, they needed to use his bank. Yeah, I didn't catch that. Yeah, who knows? Why did they but kill her? They, Seems they, like it they, would be a big detail, though. Right? How did I miss that, Jason? But, you catch all the weird details. Yeah, I don't know. They weren't they weren't very good at communicating. Yeah, they should have done a thin joke, then I would have really paid attention. <laughs> so like uh I think they're um the so the hell they sent a helicopter to right. Palos Verdes to kill this guy. Yep. And then uh, Gibson shoots at the helicopter and recognizes uh quote unquote the albino. I don't know yep. if, if Busey if the caricature if the char- character description calls for an albino and that's what he was supposed to be like look 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 is it the the creepy one from the dudley moore foul play movie the uh, terrifying terrifying still scared of that albino still absolutely in fear of him to this moment great so scary well no then they then they're on a street corner and they try to kill they try to kill um Murtaugh in a drive-by. They shoot, like, no, they try to kill Riggs. They shoot uh, him through yeah, a that's window. What I mean. That's what I mean. They try to, and look, these guys are CIA assassins. They're, they, they use the, shoot, they, shoot in the head. They use, use the same murder methods as the gangsters and <laughs> boys in the hood. Like this, what, like this is how, like right, this the, is how they killed Doughboy. Right. This, the car is doing a sliding skid while they're shooting. <laughs> and they're like, Oh, we got him. Yeah. And, and then, and, and Murtaugh and Murtaugh or uh, Riggs is like, He's like, that's the same asshole that did Hunsaker. And then same he, there's no way he could have seen that. Yeah. And then he, and then Murtaugh goes, how do you know that? And he goes, or he goes, are you sure? And he goes, I never forget an asshole. <laughs> who, who, who is there's he? A lot of ways to go with that Is one, he my buddy all? Paul in Tucson? Like, was, like what's like, <laughs> he just recognized him in a, in a sliding car. But th- then they can pretend that he's dead because he's shot. He wore his vest. And the, and well, the, they, yeah, they, and they really knew. jump. They really yeah. jumped to that conclusion, right? Because even though he was wearing a bulletproof vest and everything, like uh, Mel Gibson was like, "Well, now then, they know that I'm. They think I'm dead. We could use that to our advantage." Like, how do you know that they know yeah, you're dead? Know. Like, that, yeah. that's that conclusion. Well, he knows you're going to really call that quick. one officer yeah. and be like, "Hey, <laughs> just checking out. Yeah. Is he alive? Yeah, no, what? he's dead. Yeah. Why is that oh, the cool. guy?" And, and, yeah. Yeah, and and the guy he's like, hey, I'm I'm um from KCOP Channel Thirteen, where where uh, Jason's dear friend Vic the Brick used to be the sports. Lauren Sanchez, yeah, oh, Lauren Jeff Bezos' wife, oh, yes, Lauren Sanchez. Where, where mm-hmm. Lauren Sanchez once said that Pete Sampras was the best player of his ERA. Yes, that's her. <laughs> where she would also mispronounce. Where she would call the city of Glendale Glendolly. Yes, that yeah, that's same Lauren Sanchez. He, uh, he <laughs> they they go. He's like, oh, my house. He's like, that sounds like that sounds like uh, Nicole's boyfriend. And so they so they race to his house and they realize that his daughter's been kidnapped. And then yeah. and then Riggs is like, I got a plan. And this is his plan. He says, we do it my way. <laughs> he goes, and then he goes, he goes, we're going to get bloody on this one. Oh, that's not right. much of, that's not much of a plan. That's a good plan. That's not that's much a of a plan. plan. Then, uh, then, then. Hold on, Ed. I'll let you finish. I'm going to let you finish. Then the phone rings and the bad guys are on the phone and they go, yeah, we have your daughter. She's looking pretty hot. Probably do some rapes. And they go, <laughs> they go, if you want her back. 
Meet us at the dry lake at Victorville. It's fucking two hours away in the high desert. Like, well, can't we do it around here? So, like, that's my first question. I'm like, are you kidding? Lot, like, with that, the, that's exactly what Christina said. Yeah, we were with the track, like, I got to get on the 15. That's yeah. I got to go through Norco. That's yeah. a hike. Yeah. Like, fuck that. Like, let's do yeah. it around here somewhere. Ed, you were saying. I, I, I did. Well, I, I, it's more a question for you guys. So I, I, I did enjoy this movie after not seeing it for a long time. It's good. Um, but why didn't they just kill Danny Glover? Like, yes. what was? Yes, because they had to know what he knew. Yes. They had to know what he knew. Why yes. wouldn't you just kill him and then you don't yeah. have to worry so about he, what he knew. So he wouldn't yes. know anymore. You could just kill him. That that, that was the, the very flimsy reason yes. why they had to keep the good guys alive they, in this movie. Yes, kidnapped the daughter to draw him out. Yep. So yep. they could. Then just kill everybody. Just kill everybody right there. Because because Riggs Riggs is piping people with his fucking long range because he, he tells us earlier, he's like, I, and and look, people he, he says I'm I'm great at killing. Yeah, people. he's like, I killed a guy at a thousand <laughs> yards in Laos. There's, he's like, there's with in high winds. He's like, there's 10 people in the world that can make this shot. The guys that can do that don't brag about that, but that's OK. It's a movie. Then he's he's wasting guys. Dunk, 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 dunk. He's, he shoots either the guy on either side that's holding the daughter, and then he's but got he a. Could have killed. He could have killed Busey. Yeah, he's got a long draw on Mister Joshua. Doesn't take the shot, and then the general comes up and 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 like snuggles him, just like softly rubs his face with the gun. Just kill him. Kill, right. kill the guy. He's you right would, there. Just you kill him. Kill him. You just took out like eight of your guys. All the bad guys are there. You kill him. Just kill him. Just kill him. He he takes out eight of the guys via sniper. And by the way, let me add to uh, to the plan that Brian uh, laid out. So not only did he say we're going to get bloody, but he says this is the plan. Um, we're going to do it my way. We're going to shoot to kill. The only thing you can't do is miss. That right. was the plan. The right. entire plan yeah. for the good guys to, to make sure that this happens. That was the plan. Not a great plan. He shoots all the guys with a sniper gun. He can't shoot Busey because, quote unquote, get out of the way, Raj. But he was Wait, then he, he shot the, everybody. Then they show he yeah. had he had him in his sights yeah. for 38 yeah. seconds. Yeah. Get move, Raj. Like what? And then so then after he had shot everybody, the uh, Raj tells his daughter to get into the limo and drive off. She pushes a dead driver aside and just starts driving. And Busey's plan is to tell the helicopter to go get the limo. Yeah. What the fuck is the helicopter going to do with the limo? It did. How's it? I know it did eventually, but I'm like, how are they going to find this reach way of a helicopter apprehending a fucking limousine? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No. It's like like the, the fire department SUV. Drives yes. up on the scene yes. and it can just identify fires. Yes. You can't actually fight the fire. It, it's no, right. It's, it's it's unclear why the bad guys didn't kill them. And then at some point, I have a note here. Riggs makes some. He he's like, I knew these guys, or I saw these guys back in Saigon in '69. When <laughs> oh, he is. was fucking twelve years old. Like it's like this is like this is like uh, this is like Brian Adams, great Canadian. Rock star, pop star, summer of 69, you weren't old enough. Hey fam, there's still a lot more of this episode to hear, but it's only available to our bonus content subscribers. Click the link in the show notes or go to theballerlifestyle.com and subscribe so you never miss a minute of the show. With Easy Ed Daily and a man, Jay Stewin. 
Ron Beckner, quick to dissect the week in sports and culture and whatever. Talking loud, comments, conundrums, my brothers. Reviewing some movies and shows and the others. Top podcast, man, no one is above us. Five star, even the haters will love us. And we're not trying to talk politics a lot. We'd much rather talk about dicks a lot. Shit's so hot, man, you know the shit's on top. Top podcast, man, it really hits the spot. Listen up, you players and shot callers. TBLS, the lifestyle's baller. And you know the show is so flawless. TBLS, the lifestyle's baller. Listen up, you players and shot callers. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.